Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. Oh man, that light's going to bother me. Um, I don't think we do anything about it though. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we turn the house lights up a little bit? Man, I don't know if I can. I'm going to be like doing this the whole service, like trying to dodge it. <laughs> can we turn me down too? <laughs> Man, you know, I used to be really self-conscious of like what leaders are supposed to look like, and I thought I had to model myself after people that I really admired, and then it kind of bummed me out. Whoa, it got brighter. (laughs) Turn it way down. If somebody's up there changing it, turn it way down, or move it or something. (laughs) Anyway, I used to... I used to think, like, I had to be, like, this certain, you know, I went to ministry school and great leaders and fathers and mentors and stuff, they'd act a certain way, and I thought I had to be, like, that guy or that guy or or, or that girl, whatever, but, um, and it kind of bummed me out after a while, because I'm like, well, you mean I can't be, like, me, but I'm I'm a little, I like to have more fun or something, and and it took a while for God to actually, like, just get through to me that, like, no, Jesse, we need you to be you, otherwise nobody else gets to be them. And so uh, it took a while, and maybe I'm still in process, but I, I just, I really like our church because I feel like I get to be me. So is anything happening with this light? We need Chino, don't we? Chino! We have some incredible staff that just from the mansion that help us out. It's changing colors now, isn't it? Oh, no, it's, it's being offset. Okay. All right, well, I'll just start talking because we don't need to talk about lights the whole time. Anyway... Thank you (laughs) in all my glory. (laughs) Do you see the glory of God? He's in me. That's better. This is, we're getting better here. All right. Um, Come on. Oh, this is, this is much better. All right. right. Seriously, we're going to get through this. All right. So, man, I just want to say one last time, like next Sunday, don't miss Sunday. If you don't go to the conference, that's cool. But come Sunday, Dan Moeller is going to be here. And if you don't know who he is, Google him. The guy's changed my life. Um, he, he radically changed my life. Um, like, a, like, he did. I went through two years of ministry school, and that was really good. And then I got a hold of his teachings, and I just listened to his teachings for the year. And it changed my whole world. It, it just changed everything. I, 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 just, I, just, I learned that I, I can actually be me, and I don't have to compare myself. I can actually live the gospel, and, and it's fun. And it's, it's, it's not always easy, but it's always fun. It's always in with him. So if that's something that you're like, wow, that, I'd love to do that, <laughs> come. And come early, because it might be crazy. We have people driving from, like, Arizona. This front row, they're, they're, they're slipping off here. They're, they're having a hard time. They're, gonna, <laughs> they're not going to help me out here. All right. Um, but anyway, so that's all I'll say. Come if you can. It's free. It's wonderful. Um, the conference is free, too, if you want to register. I love my wife, and, and you guys, it is my wife, okay. Anyway, um, hey, if you don't know me, my name's Jesse. Some of you guys are still coming in new, and, and um, uh, yeah, come meet me if you want. I, I'd, I'd love to meet you. I love meeting people. Take me out to coffee, or I'll buy you coffee. Um, I just, yeah, we just do family here. We do community here the best we can, and then in that, God seems to show up and change everything. So that's a beautiful thing. I'm going to talk today. Um, if, you ever, if you know me for very long, one of my passions is, is seeing Christians actually walk in great powerfulness. <laughs> my wife makes church fun. Um, what I mean by that is, like, we can, we can be Christians and we can still be moved by our circumstances every day. How many of you guys ever met a depressed Christian? I have. Some of us are really, are, are having, are really in a place now, and that's really okay. I don't want it to... But I'll be honest, with me in my life, I've had, I've had seasons where I didn't feel... I felt like a victim to the world. I felt like a victim to my circumstances, to people around me, and I didn't know what to do because I didn't feel very powerful. And then I'll read the gospel, and I'm like, but I've got Jesus in me. Right? He's powerful. And so the two didn't really make sense to me. Have you guys ever felt that? 
How many of you guys ever like seen something in the Bible that you weren't quite living out? Just be honest, raise your hand. Cool, right? So like everyone that Jesus prayed for without fail got healed. I'm not at 100% yet. I'm working on it. However, and, and, and it's the same thing. It's like Jesus didn't walk around like being pressured by the world around him, right? They wanted, they pick up stones to stone him. He didn't have depression. Like most of his, most, most of his followers in congregation walked away from him after a tough message and he didn't like go into his room and cry, right? Come on, let's be honest. Jesus wasn't moved by the cares of the world, by the circumstances. Was it hard for him? I think he was a pretty dang tough, right? Talks about him in the Garden of Gethsemane before the cross, sweating blood, like, oh my gosh, like difficult situations. But he says he endured it for the joy set before him, right? He actually had joy. And so there's something so radically powerful sounding to me of of, of a Christian that walks in the power of, of, of God and isn't moved up or down like a roller coaster in our, um, with circumstances and the things around us. Amen? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I used to think it was the normal Christian life to do this. I'm so happy. This is a rough day. I need, I need, some, I need some alone time. I need to dep- depressed. I'm happy again because good stuff happened and then I'm not again because what I asked God for didn't happen. And, and, and that was normal for me and I thought that was normal for everybody. And then I started like reading the word, seeing mentors and, and, and fathers and mothers around me living it differently. And I started just like, think about this stuff. Like, God, I, we gotta get this. And, and I'll be honest, like one of my huge passions is developing Christians into powerful Christians to change the world. Okay? And, 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 and honestly, like, I'm not about perfection. I'm, not about, I'm, not, I'm about progress. Like, I used to be depressed for a month at a time. Then it was like two weeks. And then it was one week. And now I'm only depressed for like an hour or two. And then I figure out how to kill that thing. And I'm, and I'm back in. Okay? And I'm working on that couple hours. Like, I am. Like, because my inheritance is the fullness of joy, abundant life. In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. That's my inheritance. That's what was bought and paid for. That's what lives inside you and me. So I never want to lower my expectations of the Bible, of what God's called me to. I don't want to lower my theology because of my experiences. Does that make sense? We've literally read the Bible through a different lens because it doesn't match up with our experience. And so I'll literally think that, well, Jesus probably had depression also. Or, or God doesn't really want to heal everybody because not everybody I see gets healed. And we'll change our theology, our expectations, what we're going after to fit our, expect, to, to fit our experiences. Why? Because it feels better. I know that's kind of harsh, but it does. It feels really good to lower my expectations so I don't get my hopes up. But God, he's so good. He's literally set a standard for us that that he knows it can't be done without him. See, that's the trick. Like, half the time we're trying to live without him anyway and trying to do a standard that he said couldn't be done without him. I'm not even going to preach about this, but this is good. And so, listen, listen, this is why, this is why we say, God, you're all we need. Because you literally can't live a powerful, a powerful life or a powerful Christian life without him. And I don't mean on Sundays. I mean every day, every moment, like to the point where you can't function sometimes. Because <laughs> you're just so in love with him. And you just you feel his presence around you. And it's empowering. And so when you do get a moment of fear, of anxiety, of stress, it should, it should feel weird. Not condemning. Don't, don't hear that. I'm not condemning us when we have these moments. Because I get them. We get them. But it should feel weird. When you get saved, stress, anxiety, fear, depression, addiction should be weird. It should feel awkward when we get in these moments. And the beautiful thing is, God said, like, no temptation has come to you that which is not, 
that, you, that I've not provided a way out because he's enough in every situation. If you'll, just, if, you'll, if, you'll just, if you'll just walk with him through it, he'll walk you through it. But the point isn't to change our theology. The point isn't to lower the expectation of Jesus. I mean, I see it a lot. Well, brother, we're just human. That's what we're called to do. Go through trials and be depressed. Or, or they don't say, we don't say that. But we say, you know, like, you know, it's okay to have, it's okay to, to not be joyful all the time. It's okay to not have abundant life all the time. We're just human. It's the world. This is Satan's domain. <laughs> but listen, Jesus took the keys back. Like, it's not his anymore. He did. And, and, and whether that's our experience or, or, or whether it's just our theology, listen, it's just truth. And, and, and listen, like my heart, and, and if, you, if, you follow, if you follow this community for very long, you're going to realize, like, we're serious about this stuff. Like, if love doesn't fail, then we got to get this love thing. If love will never leave me wanting, then we've got to figure out how to be loved. And if I'm in an anxious and stressful place, then I don't fully have the fullness of love yet. I know, this is, sometimes I feel like this stuff's tough to receive. I hope it's not. It makes me really happy to think about it because it's like, it, it's like talking about my son learning to walk. It's not a pipe dream. I know he's going to learn to walk. I just know that I know that August is going to learn to walk. He's going to learn to run. And so it's not discouraging to talk about the way he's not quite there yet because I know he will. And that's what God's like. God's not offended that we're not quite there yet, right? He's not like, I wish they would just get it already. They've been, they've been saved with me for like 10 years already or 40 years. Why don't they get it, right? He's just not like that. He's like, come on, you're gonna get it. Just, just, just keep trying. Just, just keep walking with me. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'm all you need. It's really good. So <laughs> that's the intro to something. Holy Ghost. Ha. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, just bless this time, God, for this message. Lord, we love you. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm, I'm kind of a mess up here, but we're really serious about the gospel. <laughs> we really are. It's the only thing that God has. It's his only plan. It's his only plan for you to live your destiny out, is the gospel. So I'm gonna, I wanna get into a, a, a subject that I don't talk about too much, but I wanna talk about trials and circumstances. I know, I don't, I'm kind of a joyful guy, so I don't get into that stuff very much, but I think it's really important to know how to walk through this junk. Because there's junk out there, right? How many of you guys are like, maybe you're in a trial or you were recently were in a trial? Raise your hand. Come on, it's like, Listen, Jesus said that the Christian life was difficult. He says, you will be persecuted. You will encounter trials of many kinds. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But, but the reality is, the message of the gospel is, I am with you. And there is joy in the trials. Because, because he's provided for you every step of the way. Anyway, it's just good. Okay, Jesus you know, he didn't say in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy unless you have a trial. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to read out of 2 Timothy. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy. Uh, if you want to get there, you can. Um, I'll, just, I'll read it too. Um, <laughs> I remember this quote. Have you ever heard of Banning Leafshire? He says, going, going to church without your Bible is like going on a... Going on a Going on a date without a girl <laughs> or boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, he was a youth pastor. He, now he's not, but kind of is. All right. Um, all right, I'm going to read it. Um, I'll read all of verse 2, or, chapter, or most of chapter 2. Second uh, Timothy, Timothy, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'll try not to stop at every verse. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful, 
and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then it says this. It says, suffer hardships with me as a, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who has enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer um, ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Say, will give you. Come on, that's a promise. He will give you understanding in everything. That's amazing. And it says, remember Christ Jesus. This is Paul talking. Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardships, even to the imprisonment as a criminal. Trials. But the word of God is not imprisoned. Wow. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. Come on. It is a trustworthy statement. <laughs> For if we died with him, we will also live with him. Come on. And if we endure with him, we will also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will also deny us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. That's a, that's a good chunk there, isn't it? So if you don't know much about the Bible, that's, this is Paul. He was an apostle. He, uh, he used to kill Christians for a living. And now he, he goes after um, uh, to save them um, after a, a radical transformation, a meeting with Jesus. He met Jesus. He used to kill Christians, met Jesus, and now he saves them. Um, that's the gospel. Um, I used to be around death, now I'm around life. So Paul has, a, has a, one of his disciples, a guy named Timothy, and this is, this is one of his, me, his messages to Timothy. So he's reading this to him, and we're going to dive in and go a little line-by-line action, because um, the Bible is really, really rich. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to read this through the lens of, of trials and and, and, and difficulties and just the muck that we find ourselves in sometimes. And I don't know, whatever your trial is, you can, you can, you can put that lens on if you want. Um, cool, so let's, let's dive in. So I'm going to start with verse 3. Um, and and this, what I'll probably just do, because this is kind of how I think, I'll probably just give us some keys that I see in this, okay? And so if you want to grab some of them or all of them or one of them, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you because he will. Even if he says something that I'm not saying, praise the Lord. Because sometimes I don't communicate things well, but I just trust that God is going to get what he needs to get done. Okay? Cool. I have a really good dad, and I just rely on him to be that good. All right. So verse 3, it says, Suffer hardships with me as a good soldier of Christ. Um, And he says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Um, so one thing I love about um, what this is talking about, I'm just connect my notes with where I'm at. Otherwise, I'm going to go everywhere, and you don't want that. Um, well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to start back up here. Cool. Verse 2, actually, I like this. The things that you have heard from me, remember he's talking to Timothy, in the witness of, uh, in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He's talking about, listen, entrust these things with other people. Um, talk about this with other people. Get around other people. The first thing I love about trials that, that, that really is probably the most important thing I want to share with you guys is don't do it alone, Right? That's kind of, when you're going through trials, some of our personalities and some of what we, our strength is very introverted, and so we'll run away to try and do our trials alone, right? Some of you guys can really identify with that. Other of you guys, you're like, that's weird. I'm, I, I run to people. Cool, we're all different. 
okay? Welcome to the, to the difference of how God made you. So, but I want to tell you that no matter how you're made, you've got to do it with people, okay? The Father didn't actually create, doesn't actually rule alone. He actually rules with his friend Holy Spirit and his friend Jesus, right? There's a community that they're modeling there. You've got three people, three distinct entities, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're all doing this together. So if we're going to model this, we're going to model it like they do, like family, like community, right? They're in community all around us, actually, not just up there. <laughs> and so we're called to community. We're called to live this together. And then he goes in, as I like this, it says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So, you know, one thing where, there's this weird paradigm that he, God talks about a lot of paradigms in scripture, right? There's the paradigm that we're, the, that we're a son of God, right? We're God's son. There's the paradigm that we're his friend, right? And there's even, Paul even talks about that we're slaves or bond servants of Christ. Well, we're also soldiers here. There's an element of being a soldier. And sometimes in trials, you're supposed to rest in his presence and his strength. And you're not supposed to do anything. Other times, you're supposed to stand up and be a soldier and fight, okay? So sometimes it looks like staying up late and praying, and praying for breakthrough. God, I just declare that, we're, that this is going to change, that this is not forever. God, I pray for breakthrough in this area of my life. Sometimes we're supposed to fight. This is practical stuff. I'm pretty practical. Um, and so, like, if you don't know how to walk through trials, you're going to eat and alive. Serious. Like, I've had my lunch eaten. Like, it's not fun to be on the floor going, honey, honey, I need help. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Have you guys ever been there? Let me real. Like, like, come on. Like, well, I'm not gonna like not talk about it as if it doesn't happen, but let's not like let's not glorify it as if like that's the normal Christian life, okay? Let's actually put it in its place. As, as like abnormal Christian behavior, right? It should be weird, right? And so like, this is what God did. He equipped us to live powerfully, not just read a bunch of cute scriptures and have a prayer meeting. <laughs> be a little funny here, but he literally gave us these scriptures to be the most powerful person on the earth. Whoa. <laughs> Seriously though. Like, God didn't want to just like control you like a bunch of pawns and deliver you from little things here and there. He actually wanted to teach you, like I teach my son, how to be powerful and clean up messes and go after things. Does that, does that make sense? So, come on. So we're called to, there's this thing that talks about, like it says, it says, so all, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. Listen, you've got to know what the kingdom is like if you want to succeed in the kingdom. You've got to know what, what's the gospel, what's truth say. If you don't know what the rules are in the event, you don't know how to compete. Okay? Too often, we don't even know what our role is in a trial. Well, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to take my lickings until the season's over? Am I supposed to stand up and shout at things, to shout at the devil or shout at whatever? Like, am I supposed to just like work harder? Sometimes. But you got to know what the kingdom is like. The kingdom is, the kingdom is, it, 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 there's rules to it. I know it sounds weird to say that. But Jesus said, listen, listen, my number one commandment is to be loved and to love others, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others. Love each other as yourself. This is the first and greatest commandment. Listen, he did away with all the other rules in the, in the Old Testament with this one commandment of be loved and love others. So how do you be loved in the midst of trials? How do you love others? How do you get through these areas? And so it talks about, listen, um, you do not win the prize unless you compete according to the rules. Even farmers know how to plant seeds, right? He says the farmer... The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crop. So he talks about farmers knowing how to get, how to reap what he sowed, right? And so as Christians, we've got to learn how, to, how, how does the kingdom work? What am I called to do? Okay. 
So then he says, so then it says, verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel. He tells Timothy, listen, when you're going through all these trials, and later even says, I'm imprisoned in chains. When, you, when, you, when you're going through trials, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Why? Because that's the model. The model here is Jesus paid for your sins. Jesus paid for your trials and tribulations. What was the cross? If anything, the cross was, it was a symbol of showing you, or is the reality, not just a symbol, of how valuable you are. It was a symbol of love. It was the measuring stick of God's love for you. And I want to tell you this, like the one thing that'll get you out of a trial the fastest, or help you walk through it, if that's the call, is to be really, really well-loved. Listen, we can, I can go through tons of trials and difficulties. I'm going through one now, and it's not, it's not a big deal because I'm really well-loved. And in the hardest moments, in the hardest moments, you know what I do? I do this. Father, I'm so thankful you love me. I'm so thankful you really, really like me. I'm so thankful that you are the image of the perfect father and you never let your sons go through things without being near them, without walking them through them, without being close. And when my heart is hurting because maybe I made a mistake and I hurt somebody else and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I hate it when I hurt people. Like, this feels bad. Like, father, thank you. You love me so much. You love me so much that this is, this is I can totally get through this with you. Because you would never, you would never let me die. You will always get me through this. Listen, remember the cross. We don't preach on the cross very much. And I'm going to tell you that, like, it's the only thing that will actually get you through any trial. And it actually gets you through joy. <laughs> it helps you stay in joy. Because it's hard not to be joyful when you, when, you, when you look through the perspective of what Jesus did on the cross. Dude, seriously, look... We can just preach on the cross the rest of the night, day. Just look at your trial from the perspective of Jesus on the cross. What does that look like, Jesse? That's just weird. I don't do that normally. Okay, that's fine. We don't normally do that kind of thing. What's it look like? It might look like, so God, what is your perspective from where you're standing? Right? God, are you hopeless about this situation? Because I kind of am. No, no, Jesse, I'm not hopeless. Right? That's kind of weird. I like to ask God weird questions. Hey, God, are you hopeless about the situation? No, no. And I, I laugh before he does because it sounds silly to ask God, are you hopeless? Are you hopeless about my addictions? Are you hopeless about my issues? Are you hopeless about that I keep messing up here? Are you, are you hopeless that she keeps messing up or he keeps messing up here? And he's not. Why? Why is he not hopeless? Because he's got good perspective, right? He's on the cross, well, he's actually not on the cross anymore. <laughs> Come on, Jesse, theology. So, but he, he actually lives on the other side of the cross. And sometimes we live on this side of the cross because we think that's what we were taught, right? But he lives on the correct side of the cross. So let's just go over there and see things the way he sees them, right? See things through the eyes of love. Love believes all things. It hopes all things. Love is patient. Love is kind. It never Fails. Say it never fails. Never Say it again. Love never fails. And it's cute to say, I know, but it's even more powerful when you actually put yourself in that place of what does love see in my circumstances? Yeah, it's really difficult, guys. I don't want to. I don't want to placate or, or downgrade like the difficulties that we go through because that's not fun. That's not fair. But man. Man, if you can step out of that difficulty for a moment and just look at it from his perspective, look at it from the cross, look at it from the way Jesus, listen, he brings understanding for you, for everything. It's in the Bible, right? We just read it. It's true. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Can that, can I want to ask you, can that be our theology? Can we do that? Can we make that our theology? Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little trial that we're going through right now. I don't really consider it a trial, but I guess you could. People are telling me it's a trial. Um, 
we have to move, right? How many of you guys have ever had to move and it's like, I hate moving or something, right? Like we're moving and like, like two weeks. I think it's like 16 days. We don't know where we're moving yet. Um, and some people are like, that know, don't know us, they're like, really? You don't know where you move? Why would you move? <laughs> like, it's not important why, but the reality is we have to move and we don't know where. We've been looking a lot. Right? I've been beating the pavement trying to find places, and we're like, all right, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom, I don't know, with roommates, without roommates, whatever. Like, we don't know yet. Right? And I don't feel clearly where we're supposed to go yet. But, I'm, but walking through this, I don't go home every night stressed and fearful as if, as if like, like it's not going to work out, as if God's, is God hopeless, as if God could let me down if he even knew how. Boom. <laughs> if, if he knew how, and he doesn't, he's a perfect father. I could figure out how to let my kids down, but he doesn't have that in him. And so we're, you know, we're literally, this is how I'm walking through this. Actually, like we are, you know, because Jessica's amazing, and, and she really does. Every time I, I'm like, I, I fall short, she's like, hey, what about this? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good. Listen, all we do, all we do, guys, all we do is say, Jesus, how much do you love us? And we just declare truth of our situation. Why? Because it's truth. It may not feel true sometimes, but it's truth. And what will set you free? Truth. Not what feels true, but truth. And so we keep going back to what's true, the cross. It's true. It's the highest revelation of God you will ever get. We can, we can fill ourselves with abundant knowledge and, and we can listen to lots of sermons and I encourage you to because it's really helped me a lot. But we can read the Bible lots and lots but the, in the end, believing truth will get you through everything. And you will, you will wonder what you ever did when you were a powerless Christian. You're going to look back on those days and you'll be like, I remember those days. I was a mess all the time. I was stressed. I was, you know, my mom would say something to me and I'd feel like insecure and like, and I'd retreat or like someone would say they don't like me and I'd be like, my world just ended or, or I, you know, I, I stepped out in risk and led this worship song and it failed and I didn't want to lead worship for a week or two. And <laughs> You're going to remember those days and you'd be like, I remember I was like that. And then you're going to hear other people that live like that, and it's not condemning. Come on. This is what we're called to do. We're called to call each other as who we are, not how we were. And right now, God calls you as his powerful son and daughter. He calls you that. <laughs> listen, like, it, oh, who was, I was talking to Tony this morning, and we are like, listen, the old, most of our hang-ups would be solved if we just knew how much God believed in us. If we, just, if we just believed in ourselves as much as God believed in us, trials wouldn't be that important to us. Is this good? I'm, I'm preaching myself really happy. Um, man. Come on, so remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, not, not just on the cross. That was a good distinction, Paul. Um, that he was risen from the dead. Remember him, risen. I don't remember him on the cross, or, but he says risen, descendant of David according to my gospel. It's funny that Paul calls it his gospel. How could he do that? <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible. <laughs> this is just interesting. Sometimes I just think like, I wonder if that ticks people off. For which I suffer hardship. But Paul, you're a Christian, I know, and I suffer hardship. That's kind of freeing a little bit, though, you know? Like, we're not called to just be like, like, I don't want to be a Christian. Christianity's hard. I know. But if you do it right, there's joy. And, there's, and, and, and if you do it right, you'll, you'll get your destiny so much faster than, than, than if you do it wrong. And you just sit in your pity party while truth is knocking on the door waiting to come in. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. Sounds kind of like Jesus, doesn't it, right? For the sake of the joy put before me, I endure the cross. 
For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. Come on. He's doing it for the cause, for the, for the call on his life. So that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement when he says this. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. Come on. Cool. So I'm going to... I'm going to step away from the word, just give some, just some points, I, some thoughts on, that I have on, on uh, not quite as exegetical. Um, just some practical things. If you got some of that, awesome. Here's some practical things. If you're going through a trial, and it's totally what we're talking about, most importantly, grab onto hope. Don't lose hope. Right? He is the God of hope. He is the God of hope. Hope is what faith is built on, right? Faith is the expectations of things not seen, the, things that are the, the expectation of things hoped for. Faith is the expectation of things hoped for. Faith is built on hope, okay? I, there's, a, there's a message on this on the, on the website. If you haven't heard it and you need it, go there, get it. Faith is built on hope. If you don't have hope, faith has nothing to build on. Faith without hope is weird. Because faith is more specific. Hope is more broad. If you don't have hope for a situation, grab a friend. Hey, buddy, I'm hopeless. Can you help me? Hey, Spencer, I'm hopeless about this situation. My housing, it's not working out. Nothing seems to be working out. I am dying here. Can you help me? Can you tell me what, can you just pray over me and tell me what God is saying? Can you declare what truth says about my situation? He will never leave you, forsake you. Da, 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 da. Grab a friend. Okay? Don't let go of hope. And if you have let go of hope, no big deal. Just grab a friend. Grab five of them. Grab a room full of them. Be powerful. It's really wonderful when I see powerful people saying, I need help. Some of us in this room are used to being really powerful and confident and dominant, and you don't like to ask for help. Don't do that. If you're going through a trial and it feels hard to ask for help, just do it. In fact, maybe just hint. Just, if you're like that, just say, Spencer, I don't normally like to ask for help, but I need it. Help. <laughs> and then they can be like, oh, I'll help you. Okay, good. <laughs> Listen, so, some of us, that's our first thing, help. And that's awesome and beautiful. Have you noticed part of what I do for a living is work with personalities? We're amazing. Our personality, the way God made us, is amazing and rich. But I want to be really real with you guys, and someday I'll teach, I'll speak on this. You are radically different in the per than the person next to you. And how you go through trials is radically different than how I would naturally go through trials. Can I just free you in that? That should be a little freeing to you, that you're not like the speaker. And you're not like the, the awesome person next to you. And you're not like your husband or wife. You're radically different. And when they say, just ask for help, what the heck? You're radically different. And what's easy for her is difficult for you. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to ask for help. It just means give yourself some grace to get there. Is that good? Okay. Um, here's another great one. If you're going through a trial, don't work too hard. Okay? Don't, don't work too hard on your trials. Because if you work on your trials, you're liable to own it, right? What we put our hands to, we kind of own. If you, if, if you own your trial, like I'm going through this depression, it's my depression, I need to figure this thing out, it's mine. Um, no. <laughs> what is your identity? It's not a depressed person. If you were a depressed person, meaning that's who you are, then it's absolutely yours to take hold of and work through. But what are you? You're a son of God. You're a daughter. Of, you're a child of the king. You're a queen. You're a king. He's the king of kings. You're a queen. You're a king. This is your identity. If you start to own your trials as if it's like, oh, well, it's just my cross to bear. Uh-uh. Right? Uh-uh. No. Don't do that. That's, that's ridiculous. 
Listen, the Bible even said, like, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Listen, it, he, he didn't put a bunch of stuff in the world for you to, like, uh, to walk through and then say, good luck. <laughs> That's yours to deal with for a while. That's your mess. <laughs> I'll be on the other side of it when you get there. <laughs> no. No, it's like, don't own your stuff. Don't work too hard. Don't be like, I got to figure this out with, with, my, with my efforts. Now, sometimes you got to work through stuff, right? You got to put the time in. You got to go see a counselor. You got to ask your friends a lot for prayer. Heck, I got to go see a lot of places to rent. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to work. I'm supposed to beat the pavement. Look at places. Do something in faith because I have a lot of hope. But sometimes, sometimes you're supposed to lay down on the floor and just say, God, you're so good. This too shall pass. <laughs> sometimes you're literally just supposed to like lay down on the floor and you'll be like, oh, this hurts. But, um, but you're really good, God. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. And, and God, this is not going to kill me. And you're, you're going to show me. You're going to give me understanding. And... <laughs> But I know that's funny. That's weird. But, but listen, sometimes if you're, if you're used to like working things out with your, with your own might because you're really good at things, try lying down. You can lay on a couch if you want. That's fine. <laughs> if I lay on my bed, I fall asleep. But, but just try laying down, right? Rest in his goodness, right? It's really good. Okay. The trial belongs to the Lord. Can we just repeat that? The trial belongs to the Lord. It belongs, it's His. The difficulty is actually believing that and giving it to Him. Cool. 1 Samuel 17, 47, it's really good. It says, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The battle is the Lord. Listen. Shaka, blah, blah, blah. All right. 2 Chronicles 20, 20, says, he said, um, he said uh, um, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judea and Jerusalem, Listen. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Or you could say, be full of hope. Do not be fearful, right? For this, um, because of this vast army, because of this trial, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Think about that. They're, they're tangibly standing in front of an army. And it's not their trial. That's amazing. All right. Two more things. One, we talked about this other but I'll just kind of reemphasize it because I think it's really good. Find the right perspective or the right lens that we look through, our perspective on something, and, and, and learn to thrive in, in the right perspective. Listen, if your perspective is, this is just my lot in life, I read about it, I read about, I actually read about Job, and that was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just in a Job season. My family's supposed to be sick. I'm supposed to be sick. Everything's supposed to be taken away from me. It's just my lot in life. No. No, it's not. Right? We went through this. What's your identity? Son and daughter of, God, of the king. Your lot in life is to have life abundant and, and to have life and have it abundantly. Right? That's your lot. If you're not having that, know that that's, that's the perspective. That's, that should be what we shoot for. Okay, so when we're going through trials, have the right perspective, okay? This is all about vision, right? There's a great TED Talk called um, Start With The Why, I think it's called, by Simon Sinek. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, if you go why and Simon Sinek, you'll get it. It's a book, but it's a really nice TED Talk, which is like a 15-minute talk, really powerful. And the whole thing is about what do you look, what's the why? What's your vision, Listen, what's your perspective? What, what am I looking at? Listen, if, I keep saying listen, I've just noticed that. You guys are just listening. I've got the mic. Um, <laughs> listen, if, if, if <laughs> uh, 
All right. I'm listening. Um, if, if you have the right perspective, you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it anyway, I promise you. But you'll get through it a whole lot quicker and you'll learn more and you'll grow more if you have the right perspective. How do you get good perspective? Ask God. God, what's my perspective? Ask, ask, ask him, hey God, here's a great question. God, who do you want to be for me right now in this situation that you're, you can't be in any other time? What do you want to speak to me in this situation that you, don't want to, that you can't speak any other time to me? Listen, he doesn't want you to walk through trials without sucking every bit out of that trial. What do I mean? When you're going through a trial, whether it's like pruning, whether it's like, listen, when you, when you hit the gym, you're working your muscles out, it's hard, right? Trials are no different. He lets us go through trials because he hates us? No, because he loves us. Because he knows that for you to live out your dreams, you need to grow. For, I've, I've got incredible plans for you. And for you to walk them out, I need you to get some things along the way. Okay? But without lifting weights, you're not going to be strong enough. Without walking through trials, you won't be strong enough. See, God has incredible plans for us. And he doesn't tell us them all because they would overwhelm us. And we'd probably crash and burn. But listen, he gives us pieces of it. But I'm telling you guys, if you'll just, if you'll ask him, God, how big are these plans for me? That's a great question to ask him. You don't have to know what they are. Just say, hey, God, do you really have high level beliefs for me? Do you really think that I could change the world? Yes, Jesse, you're the only person I want to help change the world with. You're, you guys are the only plan I have. And so get perspective. Ask God, who, who do you need to be for me right now for me to get through this, right? Listen, you've never been in this place before. You've never had a third child. You've never had a job like this. You've never had to operate without this safety net. This all, we're in trials now. We've never been there before, right? Come on, that, sometimes we need to hear that. You've never been here before. But I'll tell you, like, there's a reason God's taking you through this, and he is taking you through this. But you have to find out what are you trying to learn. See, the Israelites walked through the desert for 40 years, or not even 40 years. They walked through the desert on their first trip, and they got to the promised land, and they send out the spies with, with the Caleb, right? And, 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 the basis, and, and they came back. Half the spies said, this is awesome. Look at this fruit. Look at these, these people are like grass. We can take them. This is for us. And the other half of the spies said, this is not going to work. We're going to die. Who had the right perspective? Same group of people went out. Same tribe went out. Two different perspectives came back, right? And, and they chose the perspective of, this isn't going to work. It's hopeless. We're going to die. So what did they do? Back into the desert. <laughs> back, back, to, back, to, back to the trial. And they walked around the desert for another 40 years. And the next time they, were, they had this opportunity to choose the right perspective, they chose wisely. Joshua, I think it's Joshua, right? He chose wisely. And when you have the right perspective, that's when, when, you, when you learn what you need to learn, you begin to go through the promised land. You enter into the promised land. Okay? So, there's a lot to that. I know I shared a lot of stuff. I know it wasn't like a one or two point sermon. Um, I don't know if I do that super well sometimes, but I want you guys to just get it in you. Listen, the Christian walk is not about one point or two points. It's about understanding what God is like. Because when you're alone in your room, you don't need a one point sermon or a two point sermon. You need to know what God's like. You need, and if all you remembered from this was, I'm alone in my room, this sucks, I hate this. God, how much do you love me? Tell me again. I need to hear it. I know, I know, you've told me before. Tell me again. How amazing are you that you're gonna walk me through this? And if that's all you get, brilliant. The last thing I wanna say is trials, they're a shortcut to your destiny. They're a shortcut to your destiny. If you'll walk through a trial and you'll do it with joy and hope and faith in your heart, if you'll keep 
pressing in, if you'll keep fighting, if you'll keep running with truth with your friends, if you'll keep going through it and just, just learn everything you can that God wants you to get out of this trial, you're going to find that you're going to get to your destiny so much faster right? How many times have you pushed, have you just made it an easy fix, right? You just, you changed jobs when you weren't supposed to. You were supposed to, and that was the trial. Or you, you did something else just to make it easy on yourself. I want to tell you guys, trials and, and difficult things, they absolutely are a shortcut to your destiny if you'll just embrace them. But embrace them, embrace them from this side of the cross, right? See, all right, God, looks like I'm, looks like I'm being stretched here. What do you want me to learn? All right, God, this is difficult. This is really hard. You know that. My heart hurts right now. What do I need to do? What do I need to grab a hold of? What does love say? And I promise you guys, like your trials, you'll like six months, a year, five years, you're gonna look back and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I don't even recognize that person anymore. This is amazing. So yeah, let me end with that. And I just want to—I just want to pray. I just want us to pray over our trials real quick. No, let me rephrase that. I want to pray over hope. I want to pray over the hope, and I want to pray over over the truth over your lives right now. Can we do that? Cool. Why don't you stand with me? Jesus, thank you, Father. Oh, we love you, God. You are—you are wonderful, God. So just close your eyes or whatever you need to do, just kind of clear distractions. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Yeah, just, Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for, for truth spoken over us, God. I thank you for the cross. And I thank you that you are no longer on it, Bob. Yeah. And I just want to declare over every single one of you that this trial is not yours. It's not yours. And I want you to even see the Lord grab it from you. See the Lord just reach up and snatch it. Like he's stealing a toy away from you. Like he's stealing your precious away. <laughs> you don't, and you don't need to hold on to your trial. It's not your identity. This trial you're going through, it's not you. And you need to hear that. It's not who you are. You're... You are victory. And it's just let the Father grab that trial away from you. And just look at him in the eyes. If, if you see him, awesome. And just, but the Father is smiling at you because he's got a lot of hope. He has a lot of hope. He's got hope for relationships. He's got hope for jobs. He's got hope for finances. He has hope for your heart. And you need to know that he is the God of hope. And lastly, I just declare over, you, over everybody here that this too shall pass. And that you will learn what you need to learn. You will grow and you will, you will get the prize of somebody that's running a race with the Father. And you are running this way, race with him. He's not at the finish line cheering you on. He's not at the starting line sending you off. He's right next to you. And he may even be running instead of you or he might be running next to you. But he's never left you. And he's so excited of leading you into your destiny. And I promise you it's a shortcut if you'll just run with him and just say yes to him. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.